sunshine in my eyes All the clouds are gone and took the rain that came inside Welcome to Words with Logan and Friends, a podcast where we talk about sports, life, and a variety of submitted topics by you, the listener. My podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Anchor app. Welcome to our mega episode, which includes episodes five, six, and seven from Tiger King. Joined once again by Abby. Hi. Hi. Welcome in. Thanks. You're getting your week to shine. So great. Last episode, we learned about Jeff Lowe and how scummy of a person he is, how a lot of people think that he ruined the zoo, and that he has a lot of backstory that we don't actually know about. Joe Exotic states that the dynamic of the park changed when Jeff arrived. When he came to the park and Joe gave him the title to the park, everything changed. Some of the keepers stated that Jeff Lowe did no cleaning, did no feeding, didn't check in on any of the customers, didn't do any of the book work, didn't do anything except basically dick around with the lions and the tigers. Additionally, Jeff Lowe fired half the staff that was already there. He brought in one of his most trusted colleagues in the past, Alan Glover. And he assigned Alan Glover to be the main handyman. Alan Glover has a massive history of crime. Ton of police encounters. And he does not like Joe at all. Joe does not like him at all. Then we meet James Gerritsen. And James Gerritsen has a horrendous haircut. We'll start by saying that. (laughs) James states that he got into cats when he was 17 years old. So he is in the group of private animal ownership as well. We also find out that James gave Jeff $14,000 to put a pizza company into the zoo. Would you have a slice of pizza at the Winterwood Zoo? Yes. Yeah. You think it would be better than store pizza? Joe also says that people do not come to his zoo to see the tigers. They come to see Joe, the man, the myth, and the legend. In 2015, Joe also announces that he would be running for president as an independent. Does he have your vote? 100%. You you would rather vote for Joe Exotic than anybody else? Yes. A comedian known as John Oliver got a hold of the clip and started talking about it on his show about how Joe Exotic is running for president. This was during the term in which it was Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Versus Joe Exotic. Yes, versus Joe Exotic. (laughs) Joe got a huge head about this, and he started flaunting his stuff, saying how great of a candidate he is. They even had a video of him, and he said, quote, I am gay, I am broke as shit, and I have a judgment from some bitch down in Florida, end quote. We meet Joshua Dial, who is just a general worker at Walmart, and he ends up being the campaign manager for Joe. Joshua states that working with Joe was one of the worst experiences of his life, stating it was a huge publicity stunt, it was a complete joke, just to get Joe's website more viewership. 
Joe ends up deciding not to run for president, but changes his mind to running as governor as a libertarian. He even doesn't know what that is. Yeah, he doesn't even know what a libertarian is. Joe passes out condoms with his face on it. And he says, you better vote for me. Otherwise, you're going to need this because you're getting screwed. The idea that they'd like to run behind is less government, less spending, and less bills. That's the platform that they ran throughout this entire thing. Carol went to Congress about banning exotic animals. However, Doc Antle would bring in his own personal animals into Congress as a way to try to sway the people into making a decision that favors private animal owners. We come back to Joe, who is still trying to campaign for his governor run. He's passing out a ton of stuff at local fairs. This includes campaign gifts, t-shirts, uh, bumper stickers. And Joe thought that running for office would bring in a massive amount of volume to his park. That was kind of his goal. It did not end up going that way. We come back to Alan Glover, who again is... Jeff Lowe's trusted colleague. And basically, Joe did not like working with Alan because Alan kind of thought he was running the show. He was bossing Joe around and Joe couldn't stand it. So Joe would always go to Jeff and say, this isn't right. I don't know why he's continuing to tell me what to do. He shouldn't be able to do that. Now we get to the perspective of Joe's husbands. So John and Travis. John supposedly has a brother that lives in Texas and he constantly wants to go visit his family and Joe wouldn't let him leave the park. Or if he would go, he had to be back in from Texas in the same day. Mm -hmm. Travis, we find out that he's just bumming around the park. He's not even doing any work at all. What do you think was going through his mindset as an 18-year-old that just graduated high school to come to Oklahoma from California to this zoo? I guess that someone was going to pay for his drugs. Mm, yeah, and that's what we kind of come to realize is methamphetamines was huge at that zoo behind the scenes. So Travis didn't work at the zoo at all. He just did drugs, shot guns, and rode ATVs, a.k.a. nothing at all that was helping the park. Saf even said that she worried something was wrong with the amount of drugs that Travis was taking. We need to think about from the perspective as well from Joe. He married these two, and he gave them whatever they wanted. That includes drugs. With that in mind... Travis's mother even lived and worked at the zoo during this time. So she came over from California as well. Travis stated that he couldn't even leave the park because Joe wouldn't let him. He wanted to go to the strip clubs. He wanted to go to the bars and Joe would not let him. Travis wasn't even gay. He was banging just about everybody that could walk in the park. John wasn't gay. He was banging the secretary and ends up getting her pregnant and then runs off and marries her. So without even getting divorced from Joe. However, Joe was okay with this because he still had Travis. Thinking back to the second episode, it was a three-way marriage. Coming back to Travis having some issues, he complained that he was a prisoner. He couldn't get a job anywhere. He didn't want to work at the zoo. And he just kept complaining about how he needed more drugs. He needed more drugs. Supposedly, he would point the guns that he has at people in the park, but he would never shoot it. It was just like a threatening way. Joshua Dial even said that sometimes he'd wake up and there'd be a gun pointing in his face. 
from Travis. And he didn't like that. He got very scared as yeah. anybody would. Right. Travis was talking to Joshua and turns the gun on himself and shoots himself. Joe was also cracked out. He was on a ton of drugs while this was happening, while the suicide occurred. So he obviously had no recollection of any of that happening. We have a funeral. The funeral takes part at the zoo. And of course, Joe made the funeral basically all about him. And it was not the most professional or appropriate funeral. Joe was running it, and the whole time he was talking about Travis's balls. Yeah, that was so weird. His mother's in the crowd, people at the park are in the crowd, everybody's crying, and he's talking about his balls. Travis's mother even states that she believes Joe was, like, was acting the entire time during the funeral, and Joe's whole demeanor changed when Travis died. Joe hosts a Thanksgiving dinner every single year to the general public to partake in. Many people, again, stated that he was faking his sadness. After this funeral, he ends up meeting this individual named Dylan Passage. And I know that's your favorite character of the show, right? Yes. And they met in a chat room. Like Napoleon Dynamite. How LaFonda and Kip met. A beautiful love story. Joe ends up convincing Dylan to join him in a local Christmas parade that was part of his campaign for governor. Joe and Dylan end up getting married two months after Travis kills himself. Another weird thing. And the weirdest part about the wedding is that Joe invited Travis's mom, again, Travis is the one that killed himself, to the wedding. Yeah. If you're the mother of a child that killed himself and was married to someone and you get invited to a wedding, that is one of the most disrespectful things you could possibly get, I feel like. Well, two I have, months later. Yeah. I have no idea why she went. Yeah, that was so weird. Joe ends up getting 19% of the libertarian votes. He takes the L, takes third place in his party. At the end of the show, it wraps up by Joshua Diles stating that everybody in the park knew something was going on with Joe. After the election, he seemed completely off. One day, he stumbles across a microphone and an antenna on top of the gift shop. No one's joking around putting that up on the top of a gift shop. So he knew something was seriously wrong, and people were saying that they've heard Joe is under federal investigation. The show ends by Jeff Lowe being interviewed and told the narrator that Joe is going down. So we know that Jeff Lowe was very pissed off. Jeff Lowe at that time went back to Vegas to try to run his own business back in Vegas. He said Oklahoma's a dump and leaves. One scene as well I forgot to mention. There's a scene where Joe is in a tiger cage and he's doing his show. And there's a tiger that keeps smelling his feet. And Joe is under the impression that someone put perfume on his feet. And that's why the tigers were so intrigued by the smell. Continuously go and smell it. Bites his shoe. Rips him to the ground. And starts dragging him around the park. And no one comes in to help him. Joe gets pissed. Starts shooting the gun. Trying to scare them away. And they keep coming at him. Keep coming at him. And basically bite at his feet feet yeah consistently he's not happy so yeah he's not happy what did you think about episode five um it was good 
there wasn't like a ton of information. It was sad with the funeral and all that information that we learned. Um, but it doesn't really get at like any of the Carol stuff, which was my favorite storyline. So mm-hmm. she was in there once just for, she was at the, at Congress, but yeah, nothing grew of that yeah. in episode five. When we think about Travis and the amount of drugs that he was taking, it definitely had a massive side effect on not only him physically, but also mentally and, and what he's capable of doing. Yeah. The fact that he was showing acts of violence and pointing guns around and couldn't stop taking drugs. I think a lot of that dealt with the fact that Joe was basically keeping him as a hostage and didn't let him go anywhere. Luckily his mother was there, but if I was told, Hey, you're going to be living at my place of employment. You can bring your mom, but you can't leave at all. That is basically slavery. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if I'd call it slavery because he's not working. He's just around bumming around doing nothing. So I think he lived a very sad life. Obviously died at a much younger age than he should have. And that's that's sad, especially with what happened in the, in the afterlife of him. That was episode five. And we'll be back after the break for episode six. Ladies and gentlemen, before you hear it on the news, I'm going to tell you myself. About an hour ago, we had an incident where one of the employees stuck their arm through the cage and a tiger tore her arm off. I can give you your money back or I can give you a rain check. All right. Episode six of the epic documentary, Tiger King. Joe begins by talking about how Jeff Lowe was bailed out of jail twice. From Joe, according to him. Additionally, Joe states that Jeff Lowe beat his wife. He was basically a piece of shit. And we already know that he's a fraud. He's behind on credit. Not good. However, Jeff is on the phone with someone and finds out that Joe had signed 30 forged checks with Jeff Lowe's name. You remember what that was for? Wasn't it for his campaign? Correct. So it was from his campaign. All of those checks combined went for $60,000 in campaigning bullshit, essentially. Signs, t-shirts, condoms with Joe Exotic's face on them. Did you get any of those? I missed out. Oh, okay. (laughs) So a bunch of garbage. Jeff gets so pissed off. He tells Joe, you need to go. I don't want anything to do with you. It's now in my name, the park, before Joe was kicked off the park because we find out that there was a ton of embezzlement and there was a ton of filming that had that. Joe goes and basically burns everything that could track him to embezzling money or fraud. He also tries to sell everything that he possibly could. This also includes animals, which at this time we know animal selling is illegal especially for exotic animals. Jeff even states that if Joe comes back to the property once he leaves, that he would shoot him. Do you believe that Jeff Lowe would kill Joe Exotic? Mm, Yes. You do? Yeah, he has a lot of anger in him. Yeah, but then I think we'd be looking at a different trial case. I would not want to risk it. (laughs) So there's a lot of speculation that Joe paid someone to try to kill Carol Baskin. Gerritsen states that Everybody in the situation is just crooked, fucked up in the head, 
all of that. They're just idiots. Joe states the easiest way to kill Carol was at her morning bike rides, which is on a secret trail at her property. Yeah, they had found it um, on Google Earth. Yeah. So they must have done some tracking and some nerd stuff. They had done something to figure <laughs> out. Well, I mean, if they knew roughly where her park was slash where she lived and they were looking for bike trails, I mean, they had they had enough motivation there. Yeah, I agree. Alan Glover is the person that Joe was mentioned in paying to kill. Alan Glover. That's so ironic because Alan Glover hated Joe Exotic. If you remember back uh, an episode ago when Alan Glover comes in, he says he hates Joe. Joe hates him because he was trying to tell Joe what to do and basically be his supervisor. So the fact that he was associated with the uh, murder for pay is really, really ironic. Yeah. Additionally, we hear that someone says Glover has a teardrop tattoo on his face. We've heard about this before in other criminals in terms of the way that they get tattoos i've heard it before in pop culture if you have a tattoo of a tear generally it means that's the number of people that you kill yeah, is that for everybody no i don't think so but that is quite scary joe also posts on facebook info about carol's living area right saying that he found it he said i found out where that bitch lives like, what are you doing? Yeah, that was absolutely idiotic. <laughs> and then Carol, she ends up getting a text. And the text says, if you want more info on Joe, please call me back. The person that was texting was Gerritsen. We then find out that Gerritsen became a informant working under the FBI. Mm-hmm. To try to boss Joe, essentially. Gerritsen had numerous charges on him. So he's another crooked individual. He's also an exotic animal owner. At his store, he even has a lemur in a cage. He was told that his charges that he had, which were a lot of them, could be either dropped or lowered if he would be a confidential informant for this case. Joe, my favorite quote from this is while he was on the phone, I'm assuming with Dylan Passage, who is his husband. His husband, yeah. He tells Dylan, again, I'm assuming, that Gerritsen is just a walking Chucky doll. And So sweet. He has a shit haircut. That's what Chucky is, if you've ever seen that movie. You don't like scary movies, no, though, do I've you? No, I've not seen that movie. <laughs> so, I've but, seen, I mean, I know what he, Chucky looks like. Yeah, my, I still, my dad loves the Chucky movies, so I've seen all of them. Child's Play, all the way to Seed of Chucky, Bride of Chucky, etc. Carol then says she's always had death threats from Joe. So this is nothing new to her. And she wasn't really too scared. She wasn't too worried about any of these concerns. However, the federal prosecutors had a different mindset. They thought these were a lot more serious. So Gerritsen ends up texting Glover and he tries to find out where he is. Needless to say, we've, we find out that Garrison was not going towards Carol. He talks about how he was at a strip club. He was so screwed up and under the influence that he never ended up going towards Florida. He actually lived in South Carolina. That's where he came from. So people also speculated that would be where he was heading back. So Garrison texts Joe about how he found someone to kill Carol. 
So he tells Joe that, and Joe gets all excited, and Joe starts asking, okay, what's the details, and they end up talking about the pay. The moment that Joe starts talking about the pay, now they have a little bit of motive. So they're talking about uh, pay for that, and the person that Gerritsen's quote-unquote setting Joe up with to make this happen is actually one of those federal prosecutors just under disguise. Jeff Lowe ends up getting involved and he's been wondering this whole time, well, why the heck has no one come to me about trying to get information on Joe, things that he's done illegal when I've been a business partner with him for months. And Gerritsen tells him, well, now they want you in on this. So then he agrees to do that. What ended up happening also is Joe gave Alan Glover a phone and on this phone was only images of Carol. So it was a burner phone. And in that burner phone, it had specific information about Carol. And essentially that phone was only being used to track Carol and help Alan Glover out if he went through with this hired to murder. Joe tries hiding in Florida. I'm sure that went well for him. <laughs> yeah, living in Oklahoma. But Joe and his his husband end up posting all over Instagram, Facebook, how they're in Belize, which is another country. And Gerritsen makes it very specific. He says, this water that they're taking pictures in, that ain't Belize. That's Florida water. Yeah, he could recognize that right away. Yeah, so he knew right away they were just altering the the location as well as putting specific hashtags to try to make people think they were not in the United States. Joe ends up getting arrested in a parking lot. Again, he was going to meet someone that was private in this entire situation. That's how he gets caught and tracked. And it's all over the news, not only Oklahoma news, Florida news, all over the United States. We already know that there's been a, a pretty decent media coverage of exotic animal owning up until this point, but now with the Joe exotic and paying to potentially murder someone, it blows up substantially. Jeff Lowe ends up building a brand new zoo with Tim Stark. We've talked about Tim Stark before. He is also an exotic animal owner. They get some advice from some business executives and financial advisors, and they're strongly pushed to build this new zoo closer to the Texas border. We know from Winnewood, there's not much population. There's not much volume that comes in. Of course, when Joe's zoo was popular, there was a lot of people coming there, but the closer you get it to, to civilization, the more people are going to end up spending money there coming in and being a successful business. So Tim Stark and Jeff Lowe start making their own zoo from scratch. And they're doing all the manpower because they're trying to save on overhead costs, costs of employees as well. So that was episode six. Thoughts on that episode? It was a good episode. I mean, not the best, but some new information. Yeah, it was a lot of new information regarding this this whole murder. Yeah, it kind of dove into the actual case. It had less, it was less like reality show drama and more like facts this time around. I think it was a setup episode for the finale as well. Yeah. I'm going to call episode seven the finale. I don't care that there's an episode eight because episode eight is really just interviews. No other plots coming from that. Episode seven, we are going to find out all about the court case that happened. Thanks for listening. God, I am never going to financially recover from this.
So in this episode, we left off finding out that Joe was arrested. He's now going to be put on trial. And we find out a ton of details regarding what the, some of those cases and those charges will be. It starts off in Thackerville, Oklahoma, which is where the new zoo is going to be going. And this zoo is going to be going up via a partnership with Tim Stark and Jeff Lowe. They both put together a lot of their resources. Tim Stark states that he brought two to three million dollars worth of equipment, construction equipment, materials, as well as animals from his zoo that he had. Joe makes a call to Dylan from prison. He's really, really sad and distraught because he thinks Dylan's going to leave him. As we know, Dylan and him got married right before he was charged. They were, quote unquote, hidden in Florida <laughs> in the water. Uh, and so he's sad. Dylan says he's staying. He even has his engagement ring on a necklace around his neck. <laughs> Love that. He's not wearing it. Jeff, we know, owns the Winterwood Zoo, and he lets all the feds in. They said they wanted to go through, do a clean sweep, and get all the remaining files, flash drives, etc., that could kind of help them in this case. We talked about when Joe was kicked off, he burned a lot of it or trashed a lot of it as well. So they were able to get some valuable information, though. They also go through and they start digging around and they find five tiger skeletons buried underneath some of the pits. So creepy. Yeah. So they assume that Joe killed them. And Joe talks about how, uh, yes, he admits that he euthanized five of them. But he also counters that by saying that the tigers were either old in age and dying or they were sick. So he euthanized them either by shooting them or by darting them with some sort of poison, uh, knowing they are big cats that probably need to be a pretty lethal injection. So Joe was given 19 charges. Originally, the only charge he was going to have was this murder for hire, but there wasn't much of a backbone to it, not much information at all to kind of build off of it. So they basically went through and dug through everything and found every single charge they could possibly think. So here's a rundown of the charges. Two of the charges were murder for hire. Five of the charges were for killing the tigers. And then the other 12 were all charges related to illegally selling tigers and lion cubs. The total number of years that he could face in prison was 79. James Garretson comes in. And he talks about how Alan Glover told him it was $5,000 to murder is what he wanted. However, it ended up only being 3000 because that was all that Joe could pay him. Glover took the money and left. Joshua Dial, our good friend that was the campaign manager for Joe during his election, he starts talking about the feds and how they were asking him to testify and he says technically i'm a libertarian so fuck the feds we see a drastic change in the viewpoint of a lot of people on joe what i mean by that is so just about anybody that had any association with joe ends up turning on him because they don't want charges for themselves 
We've talked about at length that just about everybody in this is involved in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. They're all turning on Joe because they don't want that. Even his ex-husband, John Finley, comes and testifies against Joe. And they were talking about how the courtroom was very emotional because John Finley talks that he was married to Joe for 13 years and they had a romantic relationship. John even says that no one came into the courtroom and was sitting on Joe's side. Everybody was on Carol's side. And includes all these people that he was associated with. Gerritsen starts talking about how Jeff was looking into how the most effective way to kill Carol was on her bike path. He's talking about all these details. So Joe gets pissed off because he's like, how is Jeff getting literally no association at all with this murder for hire situation? So a news anchor says that Jeff Lowe is a very, very skillful con man. And she has no idea how he's not facing any charges at all. We also hear that Jeff did not testify at all. And when he was asked, he didn't want to. And she talks about how this may be to prevent him from saying anything under law that could have given him charges and hurt him in the long run. Then we get the best interview of the entire show. Alan Glover. And where is he located? In the tub. Yep. So he's in a bathtub. Of all the places, just imagine the backstory behind that. This documentary writer came to the house and he's like, you mind if I just get in the bath? (laughs) And he's completely naked, but he's interviewing from the bathtub. Alan talks about that he testified that he went to Florida, which we've heard before that he ended up not going to Florida. There's also phone recordings in which Alan states, I didn't go to Florida, but somehow the courts ignored this. I don't know if that's on record and they have all these files. I have no clue how they would just go ahead and skip right over that. Yeah. Because that's big. That's big information for the murder for hire. Then Joe ends up taking the stand and he testifies and his attorneys told him, do not do this because anything that you say, they're going to hold against you and your case is going to build even more. He doesn't care. He goes on there and the news anchor talks about how Joe had an answer for everything. He talks about how this Thanksgiving dinner he does every year, the last one, he did it as a fundraiser to basically give Glover, Alan Glover, enough money to go to South Carolina and get out of his hair because he didn't want anything to do with him. There was even a text from Jeff Lowe that says, yeah, we should raise up enough money and get him out of here as well. Josh Dial, again, states that Jeff Lowe completely set Joe up, which it seems to be the case. Jeff Lowe doesn't seem to know the definition of what it means to be setting someone up criminally, and he claims that it wasn't him anything wrong by any means. Federal prosecutors continue to bring up the film that is from his TV show in which Joe is basically killing over and over and over and verbal threats of an imaginary Carol, which is just more fuel to the fire. Reinke states that he was initially asked to testify. However, he never even heard from the prosecutors again after the initial ask, which is quite sketchy. I think it has something to do with, they believe after doing research that Reinke would kind of side with Joe. They didn't want anything to deal with that. Three hours into the jury deciding on which counts Joe would be guilty or not be guilty on, they come to a verdict and Joe is found guilty on all 19 charges. We go back to Harold Baskin and he brings out an old bottle of champagne and shrimp. Does that sound like celebratory food for you? 
For me, yeah. yeah. I don't think you would like the shrimp. Nope. Shrimp would not be my item of choice to and, celebrate. And brie cheese. <laughs> what is brie cheese? It's like the... It's stinky, I think. Ew. I don't know. I just like... I would rather have cheese curds. <laughs> <laughs> the squeaky or the breaded? The breaded. Breaded? Yes. Good choice. But they bring out the champagne. They bring out the brie cheese and the shrimp to celebrate Joe's imprisonment we flip back to jeff Lowe ends up getting his wife pregnant and they are super excited because they go and they hire a nanny i know your most creepy thing that you heard came in this segment as well what did jeff say about the nanny oh wasn't he saying like he has to pick her because he wants to be able to be with her too or something yeah but he's just a real creepy old dude that wants to basically bang his nanny gross we see a very epic scene I've used as my Zoom background <laughs> for classes and when I'm Zooming with friends. Uh, Garretson on his jet ski to the Eye of the Tiger playing behind him. Um, he looks like a complete boss with his chucky haircut, sunglasses, not even sitting on the seat of the jet ski. He is an absolute boss. Joe states that he has 37 names. Yep. I don't think we met 37 names, no, did we? No, definitely not. So he says he has a list of 37 names of people that should be charged to some degree. I don't think that necessarily only means people at the park. I can guarantee Doc Antle's on there. Right. I can guarantee Tim. A lot of behind-the-scenes yeah, people. That they're all on there. Uh, Joe claims that PETA is now his ally to take these people down. And PETA reciprocates that as well. By stating they've gotten a massive amount of information from Joe. There's also a really sad rumor about Doc that supposedly when his tigers get too old, he kills them in a gas chamber and then cremates them to kind of hide all the evidence behind it. So that's sad about killing tigers. Tim gets super pissed off because Jeff Lowe is doing nothing at all for this new park that they're partnering to create. Tim is paying for everything. He's bringing all the equipment in. And Jeff's just sitting on his ass doing nothing. So what he ends up doing is he leaves. He's pissed off and leaves Jeff and his wife to handle the whole situation. Because Jeff doesn't have any money. And Joe talks about that as well. He said that Tim Stark's probably pissed because yeah. he knows he's got no money now. Ryan Key gets divorced from his wife. He says that the zoo drama just became too much. It was too overwhelming and was really dwelling his life. So he didn't think he could be a good partner for his wife. He gets divorced, lives on his own now in a trailer park within a car garage. <laughs> Did you see that? Yep. <laughs> so he did not want anything to do with a trailer park. It was actually a trailer inside of a car garage. And it seems that he runs some sort of racing circuit as well. Rick Kirkham comes back. He talks about how he believes Joe started with the park that he really cared about the animals. He loved that, although he was keeping them in their, in their cages and such, that he did take good care of them. However, the more money that started pouring in, the more ego he had, as well as the less care that he was giving to these animals that they needed. Then we hear this really sad story about how Joe, this was right before he was um, imprisoned, he had two chimpanzees, and he ended up getting rid of them by sending them to an ape center in Florida. When he brought them there, he talks about how when he let them out and they went into all this green grass, the first thing that the apes did is they went and they started hugging each other. And he was really sad because he said, 
have I been not letting them do this for 10 years? That's how long they lived in cages. And so he got upset because he thinks that the animals were not happy at his zoo. So needless to say, at the end of all of this, I don't know how the math all adds up and the, and the prison sentences all add up. He was charged to 78 years. However, he was only sentenced to 22 of them in prison. I haven't done my research of how, what that all means con contractually and law-wise, but 22 years in prison as of this moment is what he's going to get. I think he could still come out alive if he would only serve 22 years. He did come down with a coronavirus. We found out very short after the show yeah. came out. He ended up getting through that. It sounds like he was stable, went back to prison, and he's good to go. The Big Cat Safety Act has still not passed, which would prevent all animals um, from being put into cages. I don't get this. Why is Carol pushing for this? Because wasn't wouldn't that affect her as well? I don't know. Because if she has all these animals in cages and this act passes, unless the, there's some sort of loophole, loophole yeah, yeah, in it that would prevent her from being subject to this, it's going to affect her as well. We also find out that Doc Antle's park was raided in December of 2019, so that was only four months ago. I don't know specifically what happened, because I just did my research before this episode. The park is still running. Right now, it is closed due to COVID-19. However, they are still taking reservations through the park. It's around $330 without the, the picture package to go to Doc Antle's park in Myrtle Beach. I know, Abby, I asked you if you'd be interested in going to that when this I'm is all afraid. said and done. I'm afraid. What did you think about episode seven and then the show as a whole? Um, episode seven was nice because we got like all the final court answers. Um, I'm really glad I watched it because it's a lot of conversation right now. And I'm looking forward to watching this bonus episode. I still can't wrap my head around how crazy this show really was. From start to finish, there are so many twists and turns. You side with different people at different times. I don't think I ever sided with Carol. No. Once. But um, with Joe, I've kind of bounced back and forth on my viewpoint of him. Doc as well. Jeff Lowe. I never liked him. He's a piece of shit. I'd actually be curious. I don't know. I have no interest in anytime soon going to Oklahoma, except for my Oklahoma City Thunder game, and that's it. Yeah. But if I was going to Oklahoma, I'd be curious to drive past the area of first where Joe's zoo was and to see, I don't know if I'd be even allowed to see if there's anything there at all or if it's just vacant stuff or if Jeff Lowe's there because we've seen him go in and out of the office there. I'd also be interested to, dri to drive back this quote unquote zoo area that Jeff and uh, Tim were going to be creating. But Tim obviously is not longer there. I'm curious if that project is now dead. Additionally, with Jeff Lowe, there's been numerous people that say eventually he's going to get caught. He's going to be put into prison as well. But for right now, he's walking around as a con man yeah. with no charges at all. So, Abby, thanks for joining me on episodes one through seven. Good times. We are for sure going to be watching this bonus episode and then additionally, we have one more episode coming your way in which me and Abby are going to be playing a couple games related to Tiger King and then a bunch of other nonsense. Because why not? Yep, because why not? So thanks for listening. Because I saw Tiger, now I understand.
saw a tiger, the tiger saw it.